Pastor Ray Bentley points out how Jesus revealed a pivotal truth for the ages when he was asked a question by the Pharisees. So what is the greatest commandment is another way of saying, what's the greatest thing in the world? Love, to love God the Father with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, so that we start looking like our dad in heaven. That's the plan and the purpose of God. Spread the news of his people coming down before the king. Lift your voice. Jesus is coming. Join the song. Sing along. Let it ring. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Love works best when it's extended to others. It's an exportable commodity. And we never have to worry about having enough to export because God allows us to import a limitless supply directly from heaven. Today, Pastor Ray shows us how love is the very center of God's plan for man. Let's learn more. Matthew chapter 22, I'm gonna just read verse 34. It says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees. They were speechless. Uh, they were the elite, the intellectuals, and he stunned the Sadducees. And so they, they gathered together. So now the Pharisees hear that he'd humiliated the Sadducees, which they probably thought, cool. <laughs> but then they thought, now it's our turn. It says, then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question. And notice this, testing him. Teacher. Which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. So I love this. Jesus goes to the heart of the very meaning of life and the, the purpose of life. Uh, the meaning of life is love. God is love. Jesus here in this question that comes touches something so deep and so profound that it's all about love when he's asked, so what is the greatest commandment is another way of saying, what's the greatest thing in the world? What is the meaning of life? Love, to love the creator, God, the Father, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And we'll find out later why, because God loves you with all of his heart, all of his soul, all of his mind and all of his strength. He's burning you with an incredible, deep God love that is so transforming, it's like hot. It melts you and I and then transforms us so that we mirror the very image of our Father. We start looking like our dad in heaven. That's the plan and the purpose of God. It is why we exist. It is our purpose for life to experience love the love of God, and then to learn how to love like our Father loves. Verses 34 and 35, let's go back to the beginning. It says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. 
And then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? So what was the purpose of this? It wasn't really so they could learn what Jesus had to say about it. It was really in order that they might trap him. They're testing him. They misinterpreted a lot of things that he said. They were convinced he's not really following the law of Moses. He's got some new doctrine, some new thing, because he was teaching in a different way. He was applying the law of Moses in a very different way. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was very liberating and freeing. It wasn't legalism. It was life. It was grace. It was mercy. It was compassion. So they got their best guys together, and then they found a scribe, which here Matthew calls a lawyer. He knows everything about the law of Moses. He knows all 613 commandments. He knows every angle. He knows every debate. So the lawyer asks, what is the greatest commandment of Moses? The Pharisees, even though they did consider not just the first five books, but they actually consider the entire Old Testament to be divinely inspired. The prophets were all from God. Even they, nevertheless, considered Moses to be the supreme figure in the Old Testament. So this is a common theme within the Jewish world. There is nobody like Moses. No one greater than Moses. Why? Because Moses had spoken with God face to face. Hmm. That's pretty amazing. So Moses is without peer among those the Lord chose to be human instruments of his divine glory and purposes. And in fact, the Pharisees said, we sit. Those Pharisees that were now coming to Jesus and this representative from the group of Pharisees said, we today in Judaism, Jesus' time, sit in the seat of Moses. We have his power and his authority. Moses represented the ultimate authority. And it's interesting that from the beginning of Jesus' ministry, their challenge was, you're trying to change our laws. You're trying to change what God, we know God, revealed himself to Moses like no other man in human history, let alone within Israeli history. And you're trying to get us off of Moses and get us away from Moses and away from the law. But it's interesting in the Sermon on the Mount, what Jesus actually said. One of the first sermons that he ever preached, he said this, Matthew 5, 17 and 18. Let's read it out loud together. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, Not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Jesus said, I didn't come to change the law of Moses or veer away from the law of Moses. I came to fulfill the law of Moses. Jesus is the only human being that ever actually lived the commandments, not only the 10, but all 613. He was perfect. He was sinless. The only human being that never made one mistake or thought one wrong thought or had one wrong feeling his entire human life of some 33 and a half years. 
Now, what did we do when we were blessed as the human race with this? We nailed him to the cross and put a sign above his head while he's not just being put to death, but humiliated through the most gruesome way, through crucifixion. And above his head, you had to write the crime for which the person was being executed, capital punishment in the Roman times. So what did they write? His crime, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And he was. Amazing. But Jesus' teaching was so different from Moses, and it really wasn't. See, it was their interpretation. They had encrusted the law with hundreds and hundreds of their own man-made laws and bad interpretation. So they were trying to trap Jesus by making him oppose Moses' teaching, the core of Judaism. For to contradict Moses would be to contradict God, and therefore heresy, and therefore we've proven that you're not the Messiah. And yet Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So verses 37 through 40. Now we get to the heart of it. He asked him, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus answers their question without hesitation. And I don't know if you know this or not, but his answer when he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all of your strength, is a quote from the scriptures that were actually written by Moses, and it's called the Shema. How many of you have heard of the Shema? All right, some of you have not heard of the Shema. What is the Shema? The Shema is, hear, O Israel. These are the most important scriptures to all of Judaism, and it's called the Shema, which means in Hebrew, the word Shema means hear. So it's the Shema to the Jewish people begins with Shema Israel, which means hear, O Israel. And here's the scripture references. This is the heart of Judaism. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. Then, same book, Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 13 through 21. And then lastly, Numbers chapter 15, verses 37 through 41. Jesus takes just a portion out of what is called the Shema of Israel. Literally, it's out of the Bible. It's out of the Word of God that was divinely inspired and written by none other than Moses, whom they respected above all. And in Jesus' day, every faithful Jew recited the Shema twice a day. And in Hebrew, the first line is this, Shema, here, Israel, Adonai, Eloheinu, Adonai, Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all of your strength. 
is literally the very next verse after Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And he was quoting literally from that. In other words, Jesus is saying, I am declaring to you, to all the Pharisees, that the greatest commandment is the same commandment that Moses gave to you in the Shema of Israel and that you recite, all of you good Jews, twice a day, and you wrap these scriptures around your arms and you put them in a little, little box on your foreheads with your phylacteries and what you claim every day and pray twice a day. This is the greatest commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Since Pastor Ray went to heaven, so many listeners have shared comments on what his teaching means to them. You were our Billy Graham. Our spiritual walk has been so sweet since we became Christians. To know you was to learn to live the Great Commission and fulfill God's great commandments. Thank you for being such a beautiful inspiration and leading my husband to be such a godly man, which allowed me to become a faithful servant of our Lord. Well done. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio and the whole Bentley family. If you'd like to send a message, just email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Know this, God loves you with everything in his heart. The core of God's being burns with love for you. And God says to you, oh, son, I want you to love me back with the same burning heart that I have for you. Daughter, I want you to love me with all of your heart, just as I love you with all of my heart. So you're, we're to love him with all of our heart, and then we're to love him with all of our soul. The word soul is closest to our English word emotion. Did you know that God wants you to be emotional about your love for him? He wants you to love him with all of your emotions, everything inside of your heart. It is this word, soul, that I'm describing as loving God with your emotions. That same word is used by Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he cried, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death in the Garden of Gethsemane. So love him with all of your heart. Love him with all of your emotional soul. And then finally, and with all your mind. The word mind corresponds not only to our intellect, but to our thinking, and thinking that is so strong and so convinced and so convicted, it it's kind of really connotes strength. Mind strength. And therefore, to move ahead with energy and strength it is to love him with mental conviction, with passion, with determination, with everything that you've got. Amen? The person who truly loves God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength is a person who trusts and obeys God in a radical way. In a radical way. And that's why I wrote basically... Earlier, this command to love God means radical obedience. If we want to make it practical, not just, you know, okay, yes, emotions and my mind and everything. How do I demonstrate this love toward God? Obedience. 
That's how you love God, is to obey his word, to obey his advice, to obey his counsel, to obey his commands. Here's what obedience is. If you obey the Lord, that's how you love God. If you obey God, that's how you worship him through obedience. To obey him shows your faith and trust in him. To obey him is to enter into the blessings of God. And finally, obedience out of a pure burning heart of love brings deliverance from all the lies and the shackles of the enemy and the demonic realm. Brings you into a place where man, you are protected, you are close to the very heart of God, the arms of God, the victory of God, the will of God, the power of God, the presence of God, obedience. I want to read together 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. Let's read this. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. And they're not just commandments or laws. It's really, it's a father telling you, son, do you want to really be blessed? Yes. Here's how. Do this. Live this way. Think this way. Make these kind of decisions. Have these priorities. Have these values. As we love Him, we will obey Him. And I believe that the time has come right now. This is what, you know, God's speaking to me at this stage in my walk with God since I gave my life to the Lord when I heard the gospel through Billy Graham and went through all the discipleship and the growth and through the word and all the years. And yet, I, here's what I feel in my spirit, that God is saying the best way, son, that you can love me is radical, radical obedience. God wants radical obedience. It's like, Lord, just show me your will. I'm in. I'm there. I want to radically obey you. Can I hear an amen on that? Are you ready to radically obey God? But then he said, after you love to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and I'm telling you, because I, I really believe I'm, we have a lot of distractions in the Western world and a lot of things vie for our attention, and God is just saying, look, if you want to have spiritual, supernatural breakthrough, I'm asking for radical, radical obedience. And then he said the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And what I want to say this, what does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself? And I'm just going to end very kind of quickly, but I'm going to say this. To love our neighbor is radical discipleship, basically. Jesus didn't just say, go out and make believers. I mean, that's good, you know, to believe. We want people to be believers, but that's not the goal. Jesus never said, I am commissioning you and commanding you to go and make believers of the whole world. Yes, they should be believers. But what did he say? I command you to make disciples. And I believe that the best way of loving our spouse, our friend, our neighbor, our family, our children is by radical discipleship. Start making disciples. First be one and then start making one to the nearest person near you. Start immediately loving them, discipling them, ministering to them, leading them and guiding them and blessing them. His command, make disciples of all nations. I just recently, um, how many of you have heard of the revival going on in the country of Iran? So let me tell you, there's a revival going on in Iran. In Iran. 
the fastest growing part of the body of Jesus Christ on planet Earth, we believe right now, is Iran that wants to get nuclear weapons and threaten everybody and do bad things underneath the surface. So I watch a little video and some guys that are actually going there and talking to the people and stories and testimonies or whatever, and it's called Sheep Among Wolves, I think on YouTube. But anyway, it tells the story. And it's radical what's going on. Uh, the Iranian revival. One of the things in there is that they, you know, they kind of hide, the, change the voices and don't really show you some of the people, but they're real people. And they go, what if I told you that the mosques in Iran are for the most part empty? What if I told you that the people of Iran are hungry for the spiritual and supernatural? What if I told you that people are going from house to house and starting churches because they have no money, you know, legally you can't make it or whatever, so they're just sharing from person to person and from house to house in little tiny groups and it's exploding like wildfire. What if I told you that once they get the Bible and they start reading it, one of the th first things that they are convicted of is their attitude toward Jewish people and that maybe in the entire Middle East there's no group or people who is more praying for the salvation of people than the Iranians for the Jewish people. I mean, and this is what, you know, they said. Here's our testimony to our brothers and sisters around the world. When we decide to become a Christian, uh, our temptations and problems are not, I might, not have a friend or somebody will say something mean about me on Facebook. It is, I could be arrested, I could never come home, I could go to jail, I could be killed. Okay, we, are we going out the door saying we love and believe in Jesus, knowing the cost? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, they loved not their lives unto the death. But they're seeing healings and miracles and dreams and visions. I mean, the church can't keep up with how many people there are that are already, Jesus is appearing to them in their dreams, in their visions, in their heads, and in their sleep. It's just incredible. Our God is an awesome God. So here's what they said. They said, we, we have nothing as believers in Iran. Like the West has, they have a lot of stuff they don't seem to have the same passion that we do. So they said, how do you survive in such a heated, persecuted thing? And they said, there's only one way. You have to be, in their minds, as radical as we used to be for Islam and this and that, now we're radical about Jesus. We're radical about obeying Him. We're radical about making a disciple, first of our family, then of our friends, and wherever that we go. Basically what they said is, we found the only way to survive in such a difficult situation is to be on fire for God, come what may. Amen? Thrilling reports of the way lives are changing around the world. Pastor Ray Bentley with an important study today based in the Gospel of Matthew here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, Love is Everything. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. 
And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge. And also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. So why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, including his brand new one, The Final Witness, and The Cyrus Mandate, both page-turning prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicles series. You'll see End Times Prophecy in a whole new light. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Matthew. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.